What's going on, Sports Nation? Welcome to Game Breakers, the sports show where we will be breaking down news that's relevant in the sports world. It is your great, magnificent, handsome host, Edwin, back in the building, a.k.a. King Jalof, you know, back in my YouTube days. Oh my god, you guys don't know nothing about that. What you guys know about that, man? <laughs> Anyways, just joking. If you guys are wondering where, I, where that came from, basically, I used to have a YouTube called King Jalof where I would uh, be on camera, give my sports takes, whatever was relevant or breaking news for that matter. Um, it was short lived and it wasn't too long, but it was pretty much short lived, I would say. Definitely uh, didn't have the the drive to do it as much as I have for this podcast. So there you have it. I, I am at least producing content or helping to produce content every week. So it is a great thing, but it lets you know that I am not a one trick pony. I have multiple things to my arsenal, whether that be writing, whether that be podcasting, whether that be YouTubing, all that good stuff. Okay. So guys, just know if you need your boy, Eddie, just saying, I'm available. Okay, <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. But hope everyone is doing out there really well. Um, hope you guys are having a great, great day. And also, it is the weekend, at least the time of this episode that will be released. It is the weekend time, Saturday. So we have finally made it. Congratulations. If you had a strong, hard working week, then congratulations. You deserve a nice drink. I'm not sure what you drink, but I'm not going to recommend anything here. I'm just saying you, you deserve a drink. That's all I'm saying. You deserve a drink. All right. Take that however you want to take it. Okay. <laughs> but as you can see, I am riding solo today, which is fine, by the way, because we do this all the time. Nothing new. Nothing new at all. So let's get straight into it because obviously you guys know we every time we come on this show, we have a fun, very, very extensive, packed episode in regards to the topics that we have for you guys so let's get straight into it and we have a lot a lot of football you know basketball is back we're back from the all-star break and we're going to get into the the nba recap and by i tell you man it was a great great night of basketball save that but we're going to get to some football talk football 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 and right now there is reports in the indianapolis camp that the Colts are actively searching for an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, can you believe that? So just when I was bigging this man up in regards to having him back with his old head coach, Frank Wright, and, you know, back when they were sort of that that nice tandem where he was having the MVP caliber season or Frank Wright pretty much knows him for that matter. And I thought that the experiment would work, especially after they had gotten rid of uh, well past his prime of really, really old, QB and Phillip Rivers, you know, they wanted a younger, more durable, I don't say durable, he's not really durable, but a younger, more impact QB, and that was in the form of Carson Wentz, what was it, trading a first-round pick to get him, Mm. trading his 2022 first-round pick, can you believe that, so now, despite him tallying 27 touchdown passes, and despite him only having seven interceptions, they are still looking for an upgrade. And yes, I get it. There must be reasons for that. I mean, they did have an all-star running back in Jonathan Taylor, who pretty much commanded heavy boxes and light secondaries, according to this article, at least. And we pretty much all knew this, well, if you watch football or not, but commanded a lot of players in that box. I'm talking about multiple eight-man fronts every game for the most part. 
And that is what led to Carson Wentz, guys like Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, you know, make plays because of the last secondaries. Now, Carson Wentz is a little bit better than Ryan Tannehill because of his stats, um, but also his his passing and his decision making, uh, and you know his his want his want to create a big play that is safe. Ryan Tannehill is kind of reckless here, but talking about Carson Wentz, um, it's difficult for me. It really is. We all know that the Colts are not a team that wants to settle, and they're always looking for the best opportunity to succeed. You know, which is why they are doing this. If you look back into last season, yes, they had uh, a nice – they had the, the team that is capable of competing for a Super Bowl, if we're being honest here. That's why they went and got Phillip Rivers, um, and that's also why they weren't satisfied with having Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger to compete for the starting job. They wanted a QB who could do the job, and that was supposed to be Carson Wentz. 29 years old, not too bad, but – when you look at the overall production, despite the numbers being nice, despite the numbers being respectable and definitely above average for that matter, wasn't enough. And I say that because he had an opportunity, came down to the last game of the season and, and a game where I just did not see coming. I mean, if you look at the entire possibilities for that last week of week seven, week 18, whatever the case may be, week 18, Oh, what was it? Week seven, sorry. Week 17, sorry. And it was simple for the Colts. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. We would not be talking about the Steelers making the playoffs. Wouldn't be talking about the Ravens possibly making the playoffs. Wouldn't be talking about any other of these teams making the playoffs. I mean, if, if, if it was a case of any of those possibilities to come true, it would have been that one. But for somehow, some way, even despite their history in Jacksonville, a poor history, by the way, with Jacksonville defeating them in Jacksonville, I believe the last six times prior to that, we still gave this team the biggest shot to win the game. And somehow, some way, Carson Wentz didn't do enough. Didn't. I mean, they had the answer for the running game, but he only had 185 passing yards, and it was a pretty much subpar game. A lot of mistakes, a lot of errant throws, and that was the reason why they did not make the playoffs. Now, you look at the whole entire season, and you say there have been moments where Carson Wentz just did too much. I mean, I get I, he only had seven interceptions, but there were moments in this in season where he just did too much. He made boneheaded plays, and that cost him a lot of big, crucial games. Talking about the game against the Titans. Talking about the game against the Buccaneers when they were leading by double digits. You know, talking about the Jacksonville game. I mean, they weren't leading that game, but it was still a team that, that was pretty inferior compared to the Colts in a game where you should be willing to definitely make the playoffs and you didn't get the job done. Very, very disturbing. So I get it. I get the reason why. And also, when you look at the contract situation, it's not the best. I mean, he is still under contract through 2024, and the Colts can save $28.3 million against the cap if they trade him or – 13.3 million if they release him. Now, I know they do not want to release Carson Wentz at this moment because right now I, they don't have the 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 leeway or the leverage to do that. They don't. And when it comes to trading him, I mean, listen, you already give up a first-round draft pick to get him. What team is going to give up a second-round draft pick the most to get Carson Wentz right now? I know there are some QB needy teams, but not in a sense where they're going to give up a high-value draft pick to get Carson Wentz, despite him actually proving that he could stay healthy last season. It's not going to happen. 
So for the Colts, what is more likely going to happen for me is that they ride it out with Carson Wentz. They at least give him another year because he's not terrible. Let's be honest here, people. He is not terrible at all, not in the slightest. And you look at the relationship that he has with Frank Wright, the head coach, that is when he's playing his best football, when he is the head coach. Every other time was not who Carson Wentz was. And despite him not playing the best of this of this past season, still gave this team a good chance at the playoffs. Now, you could say that that was because of the running game, because of the defense, because of the coaching. But also look at who he's throwing the ball to. I mean, Michael Pittman is a good number two, sort of developing into a number one receiver. But aside from Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, you know, I can't even name you the other receivers. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Jack Doyle, tight end? Come on, man. Seriously. So he, he put up those numbers with subpar receivers. Let's be honest here. Let's take a look at that because if you're asking Carson Wentz to do better, then you should probably give him better talent, probably give him better talent. And, and if you want to do that, maybe look at towards this draft and try to get a receiver that can be explosive and take the top over the defense. But right now he needs help in that department, probably needs help in the, in the tight end department too. I'm not really too inspired by Jack Doyle, but for what it's worth, has a solid offensive lineman, has a stud running back, and with his caliber, with the defense that they have, should have been more than enough to get to the playoffs. Didn't happen, but once again, guys, expect Carson Wentz to be back next season. Don't see him leaving at all, and I don't see any possible trade partner for the NFL and you know the teams in general. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. But let's move on. So we have some interesting news regarding. Some broadcasting. Now, you if you guys know, the goal here, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for well, but the goal here for me is to definitely become not a broadcaster, but a sports analyst. Now, that could be through many ways, commentating. I have done commentating before, game, live game commentating. It, I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. Not the best, but um, it's, it's fun sometimes. Sometimes a little bit stressful, but wouldn't have a problem with that. But I say all this to say that sometimes broadcasting is not for everyone, you know. And the reports that I'm hearing about um, uh, some of the the broadcasting stations, Fox, Amazon, are expected to call Tom Brady to be interested in becoming a broadcaster. Now let's 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 take the positives for here, right? He's the GOAT. That is unquestionably the answer for right now. He is the GOAT. Okay? So having a guy like Tom Brady is like having a Tony Romo 2.0. Having his mindset, having the, the, the knowledge of the game is just going to be what brings in ratings for the team. I mean, not for, yeah, for the team, for the staff, at least for, for Fox and Amazon and whoever decides to call him. Let's be honest here. Because he is a, a QB, a former QB, at least, or a player, a former player that is very knowledgeable about the game. And I could see him calling out every play. I mean, every play as it's happening, you know. Um, but the issue is, when I look at Tom Brady, I don't see a guy with a hoorah factor. I don't see a guy that's animated aside from playing in the game. I don't see a guy who's 
who's going to give you the entertainment factor that comes with broadcasting. It doesn't have to be too much entertainment, but I don't really see that. I really don't. And I just question if he would be the right fit for broadcasting because I view Tom Brady as a guy who's to himself. Um, when it comes to playing football at the highest level, he's going to give it his all. But, you know, um, to be uh, a leader is one thing. Um, and to be a leader amongst the teammates is one thing as well, too. But to now be able to find a way to entertain people while talking football, uh, I don't know. I don't see that. I really don't. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, depending on what happens, people get into new environments, new surroundings, and they develop into something totally different than what they were expecting to be coming in. That's what happens. You get a job, you're trained, and now you're graded a job because you are able to adapt well and you're able to pretty much pick up the pieces of where the last person left off and do your best. It happens. But for right now, I don't see Tom Brady doing that. I really don't. Now, he could prove me wrong. Definitely can. He could definitely prove me wrong in the sense that he is very entertaining. He brings out this character or this side of him that we have never seen, aside from him just yelling on the sidelines about his players not doing the right thing and getting in the right spots, you know, and lining up properly, all that good stuff. But maybe, maybe. And it also brings me to this news about Sean Payton. See, there you go again. We all knew that Sean Payton would have this itch to be around football. Despite him taking a year off, he's going to want to be around football. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. All right. Um, and with the number one NFL analyst job for Fox Sports being pretty much open house because Troy Aikman is leaving potentially to become uh, ESPN's the lead broadcaster, the lead analyst, or whatever the case may be for ESPN's Monday Night Football, which is big. <laughs> that is big. And a guy, Troy Aikman, who has been Joe Buck's partner since 2001, pretty much, I believe. Um, now they're looking to bring in a guy, Sean Payton, who, by the way, once again, I don't know. You never know about how these guys can bring the entertainment factor because we all know that they have great knowledge of the game. They all have exceptional knowledge of the game and reading plays. He's a head coach for a guy, for, you know, for a freak's sake. He should definitely know. But once again, how will he fit? And we all knew. We all just knew that he would have this itch to come back to football. I mean, taking a year off and not coaching football is one thing, but just being around it and commentating and also <laughs> potentially commentating on his former team, for that matter, I know he's going to have the itch to come back sooner rather than later. Probably. You never know. Um, but the deal is expected to be around $10 million. Annually, it's not bad at all. It's pretty dang good. <laughs> That's pretty dang good. Oh my goodness, can you believe that? And if you if you realized before that Sean Payton was one of the highest paid coaches in the league, I believe behind Bill Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll, and another coach. I'm I'm drawing a blank on here, but anyways, the point is, these big corporations they make moves fast, right? And to get a guy like Tom Brady, Sean Payton, it's very genius. If, if we're being honest, it's really genius. So we'll see what happens. Um, for for Sean Payton, I think he has a better chance of bringing a more entertainment factor than actually, mm, maybe not. 
Maybe not. Because if if you if you've seen Tom Brady and hear and if you've heard him in his most rawest state, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny, pretty entertaining. Let's be honest here. Um, but Sean Payton, maybe, maybe not. I'm just looking at it and seeing that these guys are taking my jobs. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you know, because uh, whether it's game live game commentating, whether it's sports analysts, whether it's this or that, I'm just looking at the the market drying up for me as I grow older, and I can't have that happen because I am super competitive. Can happen. Can happen. It just can't. All right, let's move on. We have um, some news. So even though, once again, this whole entire saga between Philly and Brooklyn and Joel Embiid and Simmons, James Harden, even though it's pretty much over, there is some more news regarding the trade that happened and regarding a potential trade that was supposed to happen but never did. So apparently Joel Embiid was pushing hard, pushing P. I'm just joking. Pushing hard for a trade to happen that would include Bradley Beal coming to Philadelphia. Can you believe that? Can you freaking believe that? Now, there are multiple reasons why that didn't happen. Obviously, Bradley Beal was uh, diagnosed with an injury that would cause him to miss the whole entire season. That's pretty much the reason why Philadelphia didn't even go on with the idea of trying to trade for Bradley Beal because now it's like he's not going to be here. Think about the long term. Yes, the process, blah, blah, blah. But we want to win a championship now, and he can't help us do that. So James Harden can help us do that. This is the only reason why. Okay. Um, But very, very, very interesting because you look at Bradley Beal. He's a guy who is a, a fantastic player, a fantastic player when it comes to playing off ball. You know, man, he's a guy that does not command as much of the ball or, or as much of attention on the court uh, than my guy, James Harden. According to the stats, Bradley Bill has a 27.6 percentage usage and James Harden has a 30.5% usage. Not bad at all. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not far off, but still a big difference. Still a big difference, you know, and look at James Harden. He was having probably one of the worst seasons in terms of efficiency, efficiency this year, only shooting 41.4% overall. And 33.2% on threes. Now, all that doesn't matter because if we're going to go into what he did tonight or last night for that matter <laughs> in his debut with the Sixers, you will see that that doesn't really matter. Or maybe he wasn't trying as much. Maybe he's now trying with Philadelphia. Who knows? The point is, Bradley Bill would have been a great, a great trade to happen if he did not get injured. Because you just look at the way his game is constructed the way he's able to get his. He reminds me of a guy like DeMar DeRozan, a guy who does not need the ball at all, but when it's time to get his buckets, he can get his buckets. That's pretty much it right there. A guy that, that he can let your star man do your thing. Let Joel and B go off. All right, let him get his buckets first. Let him eat first. And that, to me, is going to be the biggest thing of what we will see as the season goes on. Right now we have about, what, 21 more games left, 21, 22 more games left. We have to now see how James Harden will work with Embiid in terms of how he's going to let Joel Embiid get his before James Harden goes out and gets his. That's the thing, because he is the man. Let's not forget, James Harden is not the man of Philly. It's pretty obvious, but people don't know that because they think that James Harden is a better player. He is not the man of Philly, especially right now since my guy Joel Embiid has been on a tear 
MVP caliber season. So he's not the man. So whatever he does has to be secondary to what Joel Embiid does. He has to get his. Yeah, it's all about initiating the offense, but he has to get his first. Okay. And Bradley Bale would have been a great fit for that. Because Bradley Bale, once again, a guy who's a great shooter um, and a guy who pretty much when it's, it's crunch time and Joel Embiid needs another player to go off with him to seal the game, he could do that. He could do that. Now, the issue is I'm not sure what kind of loyalty that these guys have with their teams, Bradley Bill, Damon Lillard. They have this immense, this strict wall of loyalty that comes with the Washington Wizards and the Portland Trailblazers, which I don't get at all. You know, I really don't. Okay, but I don't see that any of these te- any of these two teams winning a championship. Um, it's definitely possible, but it's definitely not possible. <laughs> you know, um, but Bradley Bill is just stuck. He is transfixed with the idea of staying in Washington and hoping that they build a championship contending team. Now you give up Montrezl Harrell, you only have Kyle Kuzma balling, you give up Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, what I'm saying like now the squad is going to be interesting to see exactly what this team does what this GM does in terms of trying to construct somewhat of a championship contending team, because right now um, the ceiling is playing. I believe they are, well, they just lost last night to the, to the Spurs and double OT. So that's one thing. Uh, But you know, they are right now 11th in the conference, 27 and 32. And they are uh, one game behind the Atlanta Hawks for the 10th seed, which is basically a playing spot. Definitely possible. Um, but, you know, right now it's not looking too good. I mean, it doesn't matter anyway because the season's pretty much over for them. I mean, Bradley Bill's not there anymore. So what can you really hope for at this point? Um, you know, you're, you're, a, a great season for them would be playoffs, you know, especially without Bradley Bill being there. But going back to Joel Embiid, um, James Harden definitely does help him in the aspect of winning a championship right now uh, and winning it quicker rather than later. So, it's actually a good thing to have. To be honest, it's actually really good to have. Um, but ah, let's get into some NBA scoreline predictions. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's about dang time. You guys, just to give you guys some great backstory to what's happening, I'm going to give you guys the predictions and the recap from the night before, too. Let's get into it. Let's get into it because these guys deserve some love. Who? You feel me? They deserve some love. And if you've noticed, we are only 22 minutes in. So whatever time I end is whatever time I end. (laughs) I'm just saying. Just saying. For all those who are dying to hear me talk for an hour plus, might not happen this podcast. But, you know, you get what you get. And I hope you guys are happy with it. Anyways, move on. So. Opening night back from the All-Star break, the Pistons get the win at home against the Cavaliers, who had the whole city of Cleveland going crazy, going crazy All-Star break just to come back from break and lose to the Pistons? I mean, what the hell? (laughs) What the heck, bro? All right, so we had every starter scoring double figures for the Cavs, 22 points from Mark, and then we had 11 points from Isaac Okoro. We had 11 from Jared Allen, 8 rebounds. We had 12 from Evan Moby. We had 12 from Rajon Rondo. But no Darius Garland. Where was he? Not too sure. I think he, he just missed the game with the injury or sickness, I believe. But 15 off the bench from my guy, Brandon Goodwin. Was not enough, though, because of the 17 points 
and the six assists, six rebounds from Cade Cunningham, who shot terribly from the field, four of 16. Oh, my goodness. This guy was going crazy. 16 points from Jeremy Grant, 11 points from Isaiah Stewart, and we had 16 from uh, Mayo. Wow. Bagley off the bench. Marvin Bagley, 16 points. Not bad. 21 points off the bench from Hamadou Diallo. Okay, not too bad. And it was the Pistons who got the three-point win because Kay Cunningham ices the game with two late free throws, and that pretty much says it all. The Nets get blown out at home once again to the freaking Boston Celtics. They have the numbers. I mean, one, I mean, you get it. They have a better squad this time, but it does not matter for the Boston Celtics because they have the numbers. Anytime they want to call, the Nets better pick up. For the winning team, 30 points for Jason Tatum. 10 of 20 shooting, efficient shooting, 11 points from Al Horford, uh, efficient shooting, 12 points from Robert Williams, 11 rebounds, double-double incoming, 15 points from Marcus Smart, and 18 from Jalen Brown. Everybody had efficient shooting. Everybody scored in double figures. And 13 points off the bench from my guy, Derek White. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, 15 points from Bruce Brown. Uh, we had 11 points from Andre Drummond, 22 points from Seth Curry, and we had 13 off the bench from Kess Edwards. All right, Bulls and Hawks in a very, very entertaining game. And you have the likes of DeMar DeRozan hitting some clutch buckets late to give the Bulls the four-point win at home. 37 points from DeMar DeRozan. Guys, I'm telling you, I am scared. I am scared because if it's any guy I am worried about in the playoffs, and I don't really expect us to face this team anyway early on in the playoffs. But if we do, I'm worried. I'm worried about this guy going off because he takes over games. And we just haven't been noticing it because of him being in San Antonio. He still does that. He still packs that thing too. All right? 20 points from Zach Levine. We had 12 points from Nick Vucevic and 10 rebounds. And we had 12 points from Ayo DeSumo, who had a great game, by the way, six rebounds, three assists. But the highlight of the game was the crossover against Trey Young. Dang. 11 points from off the bench from Tristan Thompson. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right. For the Hawks, 26 points from my guy, Danilo Gallinari. Not bad shooting, too. 10 of 18. That's not bad. Nine rebounds, almost a double-double. 14 apiece from Clint Capella and Trey Young, who shot terribly from the field. 3 of 17. 0 from 5 from 3. 10 assists, though. Not too bad. But damn. And we had 27 points from Bogey, my guy, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who, by the way, got cooked on that in one play against against uh, DeMar DeRozan, just saying. But you can't forget about his 27 points. The Hawks, man. The Hawks are still in the playing spot. But I'm just disappointed. And I am very, very shocked to see how far this team has dropped in the rankings. I didn't expect this team to be similar to what they were last year, but I definitely did not see this team being 10th in the Eastern Conference at this point of the season. Damn. We're going to need another one of Nate McMillan's runs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to happen. Um, all right, we have the Tims and the Grizzlies. Tims get the win at home against a really, really solid, good Grizzlies team. Wow. So we have 37 points from D'Lo. Okay. Nine assists, two. 22 from Carl Anthony Towns following a great uh, win at the, the All-Star break, three-point contest win. And we had 13 from Pat Bev, 4-12 shooting. But 13 points from Pat Bev, though, that's consistent. 10-point games, 10-point-plus games, that's max. 17 off the bench from Malik Beasley. And for the Grizzlies, 
21 from Zaire Williams, 14 from Desmond Bain, who shot not that great, 5 15 shooting, 20 from John Morant, not that great, 7 to 25 shooting, 21 from Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. And the game ended off with John Morant missing a game tying three. Didn't really happen. Suns and Thunder. Suns got the blowout win on the road, 124 to 104. We have 21 apiece from Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges, 25 from Devin Booker. 17 from Jay Crowder. And by the way, for all those who are wondering how it would work without my guy CP3, I mean, we've all seen him do it one time in the playoffs when Devin Booker went off and had the triple-double, I believe, that one time. But now he has to do it for a consistent amount of games, a consecutive amount of games. And so far, so far, so good. 12 points, I mean, 12 assists, 25 points. Double-double. Not too bad. All right. For the Thunder, we have 32 points from Shai Gilgis-Alexander, 15 from Josh Giddy, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and off the bench, 13 points from Pukasevsky. All right, we have the Warriors and Trailblazers. Blowout win, damn, Warriors, 132-95 to win against the Trailblazers. Every starter scored in double figures, 10-10-10 from <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Kavon Looney, and Gary Payton the second, and we had 18 apiece from Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Wow. Very identical numbers. What's going on here? That's kind of weird. 17 points off the bench from Jonathan Kaminga and 15 from Jordan Poole. And for the Trailblazers, we had 24 points from Anthony Simons or Anthony Simons. We had 12 from uh, Josh Hart, 14 from Justice Winslow, and 12 off the bench from my guy Brandon Williams. All right. And last but not least, Nuggets and Kings. Nuggets get the win on the road, 128 to 110. We have 31 points from Will Barton, 25 from Nikola Jokic, and 12 rebounds and 9 assists to go along with that. Almost a triple-double didn't happen. 19 points from um, uh, Morris, my guy Monte Morris, and 12 points off the bench from Jermichael Green. And for the Kings, 33 points from DeMontis Sabonis, 20 points from De'Aaron Fox, 14 from Harrison Barnes, and 11 off the bench from Jeremy Lamb. Finally, let's get into tonight's action, or last night's action at least for whatever happened. The Miami Heat. Of course, come back, take care of business against the New York Knicks, 115 to 100, in a game that was pretty much entertaining. Um, could not stop R.J. Barrett. We'll start with him first. I mean, Dan, he missed, I think he missed like, what, four free throws? He could have had a 50-point game. He could have put up a 50-piece on us, 46 points, nine rebounds. A guy who has been going off the past couple of months and has been initiating his own shot, too, at that, it's, it's really nice to see. It really is. And unfortunately, a guy who has been going off with him the past couple of months did not come up tonight. Julius Randle, 2 for 15 shooting, 11 points. 12 points from Alex Burks and 13 from Evan Fournier. And for the Miami Heat, we had 23 points from Jimmy Butler, who got going late. 16 from Adebayo and 16 rebounds. Damn. So you putting up rebounds like that against Mitchell Robinson and I guess um, <laughs> uh, I'm guessing um, my guy, I'm forgetting his name. Oh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, Sims. Sims. Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims. Yeah, not really that big of a deal. Um, it's funny how, very, very funny how I'm seeing less and less of Cam Reddish sometimes. I really am. But he did play 60 minutes this game, so not too bad. Um, anyways, going back to the Heat, 19 points from Kyle Lowry, 16. Did I mention 16 points from Adebayo? Yeah, I did already. Uh, and 25 off the bench from Tyler freaking Hero. Not too bad at all. The Heat get the win on the road, and we have the likes of the Raptors getting blown out. Damn, they were down by as many as, what, 40, I believe? 
in this game. Damn, the biggest lead of the game was 41. My goodness, what a blowout. Okay, so for the winning team, that could do no wrong. Uh, we had 13 points from P.J. Washington, 13 points from LaMelo Ball, 23 points from Terry Rozier, could not stop scoring, 11 from Miles Bridges, 20 points off the bench from Montrose Harrell, and 23 points off the bench from Kelly Oubre. Oubre. All right, for the Raptors, 28 points. That's not bad, actually. That's pretty good. 28 points from Scott Barnes. Yo, his offense is really, really smooth. It reminds me of the, the old days offense where he just gets in the post, gets the hook shot going. Even the way he rises up is like, it reminds me of the old day offense. I'm not going to lie. But anyways, 28 points from him, 12 points from Gary Trent Jr. And that was pretty much it. It was pretty much a low scoring affair and no one really helped them out. But it was it was that kind of night. It was pretty bad. The Hornets actually won this game coming off of recently poor fixtures. And the Raptors were coming in hot in this game, and they lost, and they got blown out, and they got embarrassed. Pretty bad. All right. For the Thunder, the Thunder get the OT win, 129 to 125. Wow. We had a game that was sent to OT by Lance Stevenson, but does not matter because the Thunder went on the road, and they are led by Shai Gibbs-Alexander. Once again, dropping a 30-piece, 36 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 22 points from my guy Trey Mann. All right. We have 14 from... Darius Baisley and 14 off the bench from Trey Malden. Oh, Theo Malden, sorry. And for the Pacers, every starter in double figures, 17 points from Isaiah Jackson. Um, we had 10 points from Brissett, 15 from Mark Brogdon. Uh, my guy Brogdon. I haven't seen him in a minute. Malcolm Brogdon. Welcome back, bro. 14 from Tyrese Halliburton and 11 assists, by the way. And 29 points from Buddy Heald. Okay, not too bad. 14 off the bench, too, for Lance Stevenson and 16 off the bench from my Miles Turner lookalike, a doppelganger, Jalen Smith. Okay. Rockets and Magic. Rockets lose on the road, 111 to 119. The Magic. Okay, Magic. Go ahead, Magic. 24 points from Wendell Carter. 12 rebounds. 13 points from Frank Wagner. 14 from Cole Anthony. After Duncan and Tim's last weekend. Yeah, that's not the best. 26 points from Okiki. Okay, off the bench. Nine rebounds? Go ahead. And for the Rockets, 23 points from Jalen Green, 21 points from Christian Wood, 13 and 15 from Deshaun Tate and Eric Gordon, and 13 off the bench from Garrison Matthews. All right. Spurs and Wizards in a very, very high-scoring, entertaining basketball game. You know, when a team puts up 150 points each, wow. There was no defense at all in this game. There was no defense at all in this game. I mean, geez. All right. So we had a triple-double. It's becoming a norm to say this guy's name in triple-doubles in the same sentence. Deontay Murray, my guy, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists. Yeah, he does that thing. 28 points from Jacoperto. We had 32 points from Kelton Johnson, 12 points apiece from Devin Vassell, Vassell and Doug McDermott. 23 points off the bench from Lonnie Walker. Wow. Okay, for the Wiz, who, by the way, I mentioned before, lost. Um, 36 points from Kyle Kuzma, who has been balling this season. Eight rebounds, seven assists. He's pretty much been that focal point of the team so far, especially since Riley Bill got injured, and especially since Spencer Dinwiddie has been sticking up the field, uh, or the court for that matter. Uh, 12 points from Corey Kispert. 17 points from Daniel Gafford. 22 points from uh, Neto, Raul Neto. My guy, nine assists too. 24 points from KCP. 
Oh, and 14 points off the bench from Denny Avdija. All right. 76ers and Timberwolves. Now, this is a nice debut from my guy, James Harden. Okay. Let's get into what he did. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists. 34 points and 10 rebounds from Joel Embiid. After the game, is like, well, uh, uh, that's probably been the most wide open I've been in my career. Uh, yeah, and life's going to be good with him, I get, huh? Going from practicing step back threes and practice and traveling to now getting easy buckets in the game. All right, 28 points, by the way. 28 points from Tyrese Maxey. Okay, yo, look out very soon because... He might become that third option, depending on how this guy plays. Tobias Harris, who only has six points, two of nine shooting, not that great of a night for him. I mean, he's he could have an off night, yeah. But if you don't step up your game, I'm sorry, Tyrese Maxey's looking like the real deal. Last time I saw him doing step back threes in the game. If he asks that to his arsenal, oh man, beware. <laughs> beware. Oh my goodness. Oh, man. Okay, for the Tims, we had 25 points from Cat and 7 rebounds, 15 points from Anthony Edwards. We had 21 points from D'Angelo Russell, and we had 10 points off the bench from Jaden McDaniels. Okay, dokey. Pelicans and Suns. Now, can you believe the Pelicans and the Suns winning streak? Wow. Pelicans win on the road. On the road. 117 to 102. Can you believe that? 28 points from Brandon Ingram. 18 points from Jonas Valachunas and 17 boards, too. He just worked the Aiden. He worked that man. Damn. 32 points from CJ McCullum. Oh, my gosh. 11 points off the bench from Devontae Graham. You see, they went with a different starting lineup here. They, they, they benched Devontae Graham, and I believe they 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 gave the starting spot to – was it CJ? Yeah, I think it was CJ. Uh, I might be wrong. Yeah, it could be CJ or Jackson Hayes, either one. Um, but, wow. Now they have another bench uh, threat off the bench. Now it's looking nice for them. Anyways, for the Suns, who one night I was praising them. Next night I'm like, how do you lose to the freaking Pelicans? 30 points from De- uh, Devin Booker and only five assists this time. 20 points from D. Ayton, but only five rebounds. 15 points from Cam Johnson. 12 points from Jay Crowder. Wow, where is the guard help? Where is the guard help? Oh, my goodness. Only five assists for Devin Booker, and the next guard to have the most was Alfred Payton. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, campaign didn't play this game either, so I guess you could say that's one thing. Uh, But we'll see what happens in the future. There's only one game they lose. And the Jazz and Mavericks, we have a 114 win against the Mavericks, a tough team to play against, by the way. Defense is very special. We have for the Jazz, 33 points from uh, Donovan Mitchell. We had 15 points from Mike Conley, 14 from Rudy Gobert, 17 boys, by the way. We don't really have anybody else to put a body on him anyway. Uh, and 18 points from Bob Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay. And 13 from uh, Joe Clark off the bench. And for the losing team, the visitors, uh, 22 points from <laughs> I'm bugging. 22 points from Dwight Powell. Uh, 23 points from Luka Doncic. Seven rebounds, 11 assists. We had seven points from Dorian Finney-Smith, and I'm not even sure why I read that. To be honest, I'm not even know. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. 17 points off the bench from 
Bertans <laughs> and 20 points off the bench from Spencer Dinwiddie. Not too bad of production off the bench for them, at least. But in the end, they lose to the better team, in my opinion. And as it stands right now, the Lakers and the Clippers, Battle of LA, LA, California. Knows how to party. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I, 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 I give you guys a better one. I woke up in L.A. And this is my vacation. Gonna live. Okay, let me stop. Anyways. No, I just know a lot of these L.A. songs. But 68 to 64 is the score right now in the third quarter. We have 308 remaining left in the game on ESPN. So if you are watching, keep on watching. If you're not watching, tune into ESPN. But anyways, who do I have in this game, you must ask. Uh, uh, give me the Lakers here. Give me the Lakers. Give me the Lakers. Yes, indeed. All right. For tomorrow's matchup, or tonight's matchup at least, and Sunday's matchup, Heat and Spurs. Give me this Heat at home. Celtics and Pistons. Give me the Celtics. Red Hot Celtics. Raptors and Hawks. Hmm. Both of these teams lost. Give me the Hawks. Give me the Hawks. Wizards and Cavaliers. Give me a bounce back win for the Cavs. Grizz and Bulls. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Ooh. Oof. Give me the Bulls. Give me the Bulls. Yeah, give me the Bulls. Nets and Bucks. Give me the Bucks. Kings and Nuggets. Give me the Nuggets at home. And on Sunday's matchups, we have Pelicans and Lakers. Give me the Lakers. 76ers and Knicks. Hmm. Give me the Knicks again. Give me the Knicks again. Actually, no. Knicks have been playing kind of poor. I, mean, I, mean, I, I resend that offer of, of putting my wager on the Knicks. Give me the, the 76ers. <laughs> Jazz and Suns, give me the Suns. Mm, just joking. Give me the Jazz. Yeah, they have nobody to initiate the offense. And to go against a tough team against the Jazz, I'm not sure if that'll happen. Celtics and Pacers. Hmm. Celtics. Pistons and Hornets, give me the Hornets. Clippers and Rockets, give me the Clips. Mavs and Warriors, give me the... Hmm. Hmm. You know what, people? Give me the maps here. I, I might be going crazy, but give me the maps. Last but not least, Nuggets and Trailblazers, give me the freaking Nuggets. And there you have it. Guys, once again, be sure to check out and see if I was right with my predictions. I usually am, but that's just me. And we have made it to the 42 uh, mark of the show. Congratulations to all those who stayed and listened. Why would you not stay and listen to this beautiful voice? I mean, I don't know what is not to be done here. Seriously. But thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Game Breakers. Make sure you continue to support MBS and see all the great content that they have. And by the way, we have some commercial breaks coming in store that will give you guys some opportunities to hear the promos for the different shows and pods and all that great stuff for MBS. Can't wait. And also, don't forget, because I'm still planning on doing this, the recap for the NFL season, going division by division to see what teams overachieved, what teams did not, what teams went well, like where did they go wrong in the season, and, you know, <laughs> what teams made the plays when it happened. You never know. But still, it's still in my mind to do so. Don't forget about that. Um, and, by the way, Support my guy, Will. Support me as well. And we will continue to give you guys content every week regarding sports and all that great stuff. It's your boy, Edwin, and we are out.